of course, one guy said, like, that guy's a virgin. Yeah. And then someone says, is that okay? And then one guy just said, guy doesn't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, um, yeah. So. Uh, guy doesn't fuck. Yeah. Just, like, guy doesn't fuck. It's not even, like, a full sentence. Uh, and then there was the, that referee, he wasn't trying to fuck on me. So. What? I don't even know oh, what that means. Uh, Cody Rhodes reference. Oh, uh, is no, it? that's Hangover. The, uh, the Hangover when who's the guy, the, the Asian comedian that was a doctor? Ken Jeong. Yeah, like when he, I think when he pops out of the trunk or whatever, he's like, are you trying to fuck on me? Are you trying to fuck? Like, isn't that where that comes from? <laughs> yes, but that was a really bad Asian What the hell? You knew what I was... <sighs> Let's start the show. For those who do not know... The biggest wrestling spectacular. Names from all over the country. Former champions. I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham. Florida promotion. Vern Gagne. Superstar Billy Graham. Road Warriors. Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. Bill Watts. Jerry Jarrett. Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars in Conversations. Guess what? Season four. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by our friends at All the Gimmicks and uh, I think Apple Podcasts now and wherever you can get uh, podcasts. I'm your co-host. I get mine on Stitcher. There you go. I'm your co-host, Jay Gilkey, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from zero gravity to referee Dan Perch. A wrestler, manager, commentator, and trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who happened to bring a bunch of wrestling memorabilia with him today that he got in a treasure trove Yes, from uh, some poor lady in the middle of nowhere. With 20 years of experience, he's a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, back for season four, I'm speaking of the one, the only, the incomparable, D-S-H-E, Derek St. Holmes Esquire. What's up? Uh, lots to unpack there. Yes. One, one, welcome back. Sorry for the, uh, the summer, summer break, break, brother. Yes. Uh, I would like to get a count of episodes per season to see if we beat the BBC. Uh, probably not. We're that, dwindling. That's I, cool. Or do you mean beat them by less episodes? Well, <laughs> or yeah, beat it by more like episodes? More episodes. Hopefully we can beat the BBC. Yes. So sorry about that. Uh, I want to thank to everybody. I like, thanks to everybody for listening because I still get people coming up to me. Hey, I listened to the podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Right on. And I feel bad that I can't say, Hey, we got more stuff coming out. Cause Hey, you know, we're busy. I mean, it was summer. It was, yeah, crazy. It was summer. There was we were all doing on. stuff. A lot going on. It's been a good year. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a very good year. Uh, going back to what you said about referee Dan Perch. Yes. I would love to see something stolen from the Rocky horror picture show. And whenever they say his name, they call him a virgin. Yes. Like referee Dan Perch. Virgin. Yeah, I think that needs to be the uh, new one. That huh. would be pretty great. Maybe you Bring need to uh, come to one of uh, the next shows and. Uh, I would like to. That. I understand. You're always going to be a show at the Cooperage. Yes, December sixth. Yes, I. Um, I'm going to play it by ear. I'm going to get walk up tickets. Uh, just so you know, we sold more tickets uh, 
in in the night that we announced the show than tickets that were sold for the last event. Because that, and by the way, the Cooperage has actually upped their um, uh, capacity. So yeah, so I know. Well, does just that like, mean they just get guys with like cattle prods, like on the no? Japanese we're gonna subways, open up. Or? We're gonna open up the balcony. E. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but uh, yeah, we sold more tickets uh, in that short uh, when we announced the the show at our last show. And again, thank you to everybody that came out to Mondo Lucha. Made it a yes, rip roaring success. I understand it was a good show. Yeah, your parents showed up. What's that? Yeah, they were sitting in the no, audience, but I, uh, I never. No. I mean, I met my parents on Saturday for breakfast. That I heard wasn't. They, uh, I heard they were in town. Maybe that was Andy's parents. I saw then. I can't remember. Oh well, I mean, I heard exactly. about it after. It happened. But again, you're always more than welcome. You know, if you ever show up at Mondo Lucha, we will bring you out so you can at least talk about in, uh, the podcast. Uh, well, you did bring me out at the one Mondalucha, but yes. didn't give me anything to say. I know, because I was laughing too much. Yeah, that was just to make me squirm. Yes. So, but uh, I, again, I, I thank just you like, for that. Are we supposed to pass this mic back and forth? Like You were just supposed to stand there, there, and then structure? I just laughed. Okay. That was yeah, the way that, it was supposed to be. Okay. But it was good. And uh, again, door is always open for you to uh, come to any Mondalucha and enjoy the festivities. I know it's not your type of wrestling, what you like, but um, I'm sure you know there's a little bit of something for everybody. You could find something you enjoy. Sounds sounds like a good deal. Hey, so what'd you all bring? Oh wait, uh, oh guys, Kyle's here. Hey, hey, young Kyle. Young Kyle's in the house too. Kyle, you had a busy summer. Whoop, First whoop. off, before hey, you, I'm getting shout outs for young Kyle. I mean, people people love the young Kyle. Do they really? I just they haven't met him. Yes, that's <laughs> true. Uh, <clears throat> Kyle, can you tell us what you did this summer? Uh, just a lot of filming. Yeah. So humble. But I so did, humble. I did want to say, um, you know, I know that. Uh, ego missed the show and i was just hoping that maybe you know he named his new uh daughter turner after the show he missed her name is turner i'm just hoping he does oh okay i see i didn't know what her name was was kyle throwing shade yeah big time thank you kyle i like that kyle doesn't care you know uh i often uh sing the ballad of uh, i just won't film him anymore i uh i sing the ballad of egotistico fantastico when i think about our uh relationship over the last uh 10 years or so of knowing him and i think um that oh, I, wish, I, I wish one of us could play flamenco guitar no it's right uh, now. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. uh what's great oh, ego. Ding, so ding, i always ding, enjoyed ding, his work you are no show and then ding, i ding, have ding, him ding, come ding. to shows you asked me to book you he wants ding, me to ding, book ding, him ding, yes ding, and then uh something comes up or there was the time that I distinctly said, don't bring anybody to the show. And then he called and said, is it cool I got these four people with me? And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, we're in the car and halfway there. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, I've always been amazed at how uh, – I'm going to – I'm sorry to drop a name here. but um, So we would book John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Mondo. Oh, here. Let me pick that up for you. Thank you. I would call him in like January just to secure the date for September to make sure it's a lock. And then I don't talk to him for four months, five months. Hmm. And then... He's got it made. Right. And then we'll, like, every now and then shoot a text, but nothing special. And then I'll be like, hey, I got your plane ticket. He's like, thanks. And then that's that. And looking back, uh, Ego will text me or call me about shows nonstop. And... um and then, then he just, uh, and then he'll have a, a prior commitment like this last week, and then just not show up. So, it happens. 
That's a pretty big bomb there. Okay. <laughs> no, um, actually, congratulations to Ego, by the way. And yes, yes, congratulations. We're super stoked on this. I will state grief. when I heard about this whole situation that I was able to separate into the angel and devil and like enjoy both sides of it. Of course, you should be there for your family. No, you should fucking make the show. You know, either way. Right. And it really reminded me of the passage in Ric Flair's book where he wanted to stay for the birth of maybe his son or whatever. And called George Scott and said, hey, can I have another week off for the birth of my son? And George Scott told him, that's fine. When you drive south, you just keep driving to Memphis. Ouch. Like, boom. So Flair had to get in the car that night and start heading thing. back. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and I think uh, even talking to um, John backstage, I said, Ego's not, he's, his wife's giving birth today and he's trying to, they're trying to get it out so he can get to the show. And John says, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Could you tell him to stay home? <laughs> and I said, I, "It's." I said, "It's the man's will. He's trying to figure out." And John said, "I would be really disappointed if he showed up tonight." And I said, "Well, let's just see what happens. Because if she gives birth at like one in right, the afternoon, right. you know, it's I like mean, an if hour she's and a half coherent drive. enough to give the blessing, then that right, then exactly. Yes, but and, and he was like, "I just don't think that's a great idea at all." From from what I understand. <clears throat> Uh, his first child was relatively, you know, it wasn't eventful. Like she had the baby and she was fine. Sure. Then with this one, she just she wasn't fine. Right. So and let's put it this I understand way. that he told me August sixteenth. He said, "Hey, I know we got that show tomorrow. My wife's super duper pregnant. Could go at any time. Can I get on first on the show? Because I just want to make sure." Cause she, and August seventeenth. So, sure thing, brother. Put him on first okay. the show. That's great stuff. And then it, all the way to September 6th. Okay. So, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying no, I'm with, I'm a no, father. I'm I gonna, feel his I'm, pain. I'm I get it. I'm come down on ego for this. Uh-oh. No I'm not heart. coming down on ego at all, by the no way. No heart. No You shouldn't have been thinking about this in August when the show was announced, because that show date was announced. What was he thinking of nine months prior? That's a good point. He should have been thinking of the show. Right. That's so, true. So, no heart. He's got too much of an ego. Whoa, Kyle. Oh, boo. What the hell? Who is this guy? I know. Jeez. That was a little bit. He's really coming at him here. So, But no, congratulations to Ego yes. and his beautiful daughter named Turner after Turner Hall, the venue he didn't show up at for his main event title shot. Um, that's fantastic. Has he announced the name of his daughter? Uh, no, but I hope it's Turner. I'm sure it's, he has. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't of us really have looked. A, have a stake in this. Uh oh, Kyle's gonna look look him up. Uh, okay. Ego put a picture of his daughter up online, and I said, "So that's what you missed the main event for?" <laughs> that's tiptoeing the line. It was good. Yes, he gets it. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. If I if I didn't like him, I wouldn't try to bust his chops. Yes, yes, he wouldn't say anything. Yes. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Olivia Uh-oh. is the name, which I'm slightly disappointed. I think I'm just going to refer to her as Turner from now on. Olivia Newton-Turner. Or just Turner. Turner. Yes. Turner Fantastico. Yes. That's it. How's yes. Turner Fantastico? And uh, you can get that chant going at any of our shows, by the way, if you ever want to do that, too. That would be great. I'm just picturing in 18 years when uh, Ego does the Mick Foley thing and his daughter's wrestling as turner fantastico <laughs> there it is he's already got that uh still got the mask with a big gut hey so let's talk about what you brought okay so long story short a uh, friend of mine from high school contacts me on facebook and says hey do you collect wrestling stuff because i see stuff on your feet all the time 
So yes, do blah, 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 blah. Relative I know has an antique shop. He's a hoarder. There's a pile of wrestling stuff. It's yours if you want it. Nice. So drive up there. She says, well, it's some magazines and posters. I'm thinking it's print. It was like six boxes of stuff dating back from the 50s to the 90s. Lots of ephemera from the 50s. But what I brought here for show and tell was this guy was trained as a worker in the Green Bay area in the very early 50s under the name Jim King. So this is his travel bag and his gear. Interesting. Yes. So the travel bag, just for everybody out there and TV We'll take land. pictures and put them yeah, up Yeah, we'll take online. pictures. But it's the classic, uh, like the old doctor's bag that's yeah. roughly shaped like a barn that opens up at the top. But then uh, we, can lay, we can lay all this out. Yeah, Kyle, we'll lay it out. You don't have to. But I want to point out there's two pairs of wool trunks in Holy this here. Holy crap. Which are... Yeah, that's pretty Roughly crazy. the size and consistency of heavy burlap. Have you put these on? Uh, just hold on there. Sorry. Mr. Speedy. You know, who talked to me about rushing the pop? <laughs> anyway, so these Is are... Is it bad I'm looking for skid marks? Uh, well, just wait, because I got more stuff, too. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I forget. Is there a tag in the back of that um, one? These have a tag, and they say... It looks like uh, Race and Sports. Race and Sports. Okay. Uh, the one thing I do want to point out, not so much on this one, but on the green ones, are this uh, very specific, sorry, as I fan these out, uh, there's like a V-shape stitch. Yes, I see. goes there. And uh, that's common in a lot of the older, like older wrestling photos. So these would predate, um, these would predate K&H. Oh, wow. Because K&H was in 52. So this would be the kind of stuff that you would get prior to that or... You know, you had to be introduced to it. I don't want to sound crude, but that shit seems like it'd be itchy on your balls. Oh, hey, just wait, because I also have in this his other balls bag, in a jar. <laughs> I don't have his balls, but I have his. Uh, let's oh, see, that's Christ. that's a towel. Wait, where does that say it's from? Hold on, hold on. Uh, I have his jock strap. Jeez, ah, dude. I'm not holding the bad part, but I mean, I but I want to point out that this is like a traditional jock strap. Yeah, uh, with I the, mean, the straps coming up the back and everything, which I think would be strange to wear in something like this because you'd have weird lines. Yes. But I know that from this, K&H went to where you could get a very thick, like a, almost a nylon Speedo that you would okay. wear underneath your gear. Uh, currently, we'll try and take a screenshot of the auction, but on eBay, there's somebody selling two pairs of trunks and one of these inner trunks. Yeah. So, wow, that's so that wild. kind of neat. But the other really odd thing about this was these old school masks, which we will take pictures of. Oh but my these God. are essentially like nylon, pull this over your head, gonna rob a bank type of match mask, mask with yeah. a with a leather eye plate. That's fantastic. Set in the middle there. Now I have tried these on. I will say they're a bit confining. I mean, for somebody like you who never wears a mask when you wrestle, right, I right? See how because this would be I very mean, difficult. I make my money with my face, so I don't see why I would cover that. And I'm, you know, I'm glad you understand that. That's but, amazing. It's kind of like a red clan hood. Yes, and it does have the ball on top. Now, also, are two more, just the wool masks. <laughs> uh, these do not have the eye holes or the eye plate put in there. But I'm guessing, like, this is what you would have in your bag. You know, in case you, they needed to do something, yes. like run out there. Rob a bank. 
Yeah, right. and here's another one again, just a like a sock with eye holes cut into it there. I believe young Kyle is getting pictures we can put up on the website there. That's uh, amazing. But now this is what I wonder about because Gorilla Monsoon, uh, when he would do commentary, would always tell oh and then here's his general his gym shorts. Just from East. From East. Okay. Once they're tagging And there. those look like they've got some uh, dirt or some. These are champions. Are you well? There's a, a strong patina on all of this, and there's also a very neat. Um, this is a tapestry. Hold on a second here. Okay, so Derek is unweaving this. It's very impressive. Kyle, take a picture of this. It's a laughing towel. It says. Yes, it, it's like the consistency of what I've seen for like bowling towels, but it is, um, you know, very wrestling related. So this would have been an interesting piece of memorabilia back then. So uh, that clearly looks like Mula on the top, to be honest with you. But it could be anybody. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just anybody. So that's that's kind outstanding. Of it's so, outstanding, but it's also it's very dingy. So I'm debating. You know, I've heard you shouldn't wash it, but I also think if I was going to display it and not care about its worth, it would look better. Do not wash that. Okay, there you go. Do not wash that, and you really need to like put a picture of that up online somewhere or talk to somebody. Be like, hey, I have this. <laughs> Because that's got to be from, what do you think, like the 40s? Yes, uh, 40s and 50s. But getting more into the gear bag. Yeah. Da-da-da. Now uh, that's amazing. His his boots. Now, there's a set of boots here. Go ahead and show and tell those. These have the uh, shamrock, you know, on the side there. So I could not wear these. And, uh, you know, but I I know somebody else possibly could. Uh, these are very interesting, and then so is that that's just a wrestling sole, like a wrestling shoe sole on the bottom. It looks like yes, these look like they were mass produced, uh, but there was also oh, wow. a second pair of the standard black boots. In these there. are amazing. Uh, these still have a tag. Do these fit you at all? Yes, I can. Now I can say everything in this bag fits me. I did not try the jock strap on. Oh, fair enough, but. Everything else fits me. These are Brooks Athletic Shoes out of Philadelphia. So I have not done research on this company yet, but I believe they still exist. Uh, I don't know if these would have been sold as wrestling boots or boxing boots. Very cool. So, And we will, uh, as soon as the podcast goes up. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you got like a notification, these guys, these knuckleheads are back, uh, realize if you go on the Facebook page, you will see all of this gear. Um, yeah, we'll this is outstanding. Derek will be trying on the burlap style um, uh, bottoms. No, no, I will not, but I can guarantee you I will be wearing these some night in the rain. Guarantee. <laughs> they are, and I can, I'm going to tell everybody they are itchy. Yes. It really does feel like a burlap sack. Yes. Um, now, uh, Luthez, very exciting. Luthez shared that. If uh, like if you were being told you were going to be going into a shoot, they'd always tell you to have your long tights on. And he said that because the long tights were made of wool, once they got wet, they aided in your grip for like a, a scissor effect or oh, okay. whatever like that. But the part I'm wondering about is, okay, it's the 50s. A lot of these buildings are not air conditioned. <laughs> you know, you don't have... right. So, like, you're wrestling in these for 45 minutes. Then you got to rinse them out in the hotel sink. Hopefully they have a sink. Right. And then air them out before you wear them again the next night. 
That's crazy. So that's kind of fun. This is a really this is really amazing stuff. Were you just like opening the bag and just like holy shit? Yes, it, that's pretty much exactly what I said. Um, now all of this really got me to thinking. Now in addition hey, to this, don't confuse all this stuff with Kyle's Star Wars memorabilia floating around. I don't want you to leave a boot next to a Jar Jar Binks pop. Okay. Meh. <laughs> you never know. Yes. Okay, so uh, in addition to this, there's also a lot of ephemera because the guy wrestled in the early 50s. Uh, there's a lot of like window cards and posters from the Green Bay area, and a lot of them feature Mike Blazer, B-L-A-Z-E-R. Uh, Inventor re- of the code, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll lay that all out, too, if you want to just... Kyle's taking a picture of his DVD of The Exorcist. That's he's not taking a With the remake. shot of that. Okay, so then I uh, was able to reach out to area historian George Lentz, okay, who wrote the Crusher, yeah, uh, the yeah. Crusher record book and such like that. Who actually knew the Blazers very well because he had interviewed them, uh, interviewed Mike Blazer for an article he had wrote. Okay, Mike Blazer was the son of Howard Blazer, and together they were kind of the bookers for the Northern Wisconsin area. Okay. So I was really wondering how this all worked, and he said that, well, one, when he talked to Mike Blazer, he still still wouldn't break kayfabe, oh, right. so good for him. But two, his father was an amateur, like a very strong amateur champion, who he said later had matches with Strangler, Strangler Lewis. Oh, wow, okay, that's so great. my suspicion is that Strangler Lewis had heard about the guy, because Strangler Lewis is originally from Wisconsin. Right. Uh, had heard about the guy, and he's the one that trained him in the pro style, quote-unquote. Sure. So that means he would have been the area policeman or whatever. Okay, wow, yeah. And so anybody he trained would have been trained to shoot. So This guy was named, uh, his name was Jim King. Okay, so you were able to find out the guy and the name and everything. Yeah, Uh, Jim King, I just saw him on a few posters, but included in all of the ephemera and such are... A lot of promo pics from back in the day, but promo pics directly from the Chicago office. Oh, nice. Of, uh, like, oh, God, who's it? Carl Engstrom, and, like, just, I'll have to show them to you. A lot of Maurice Tillet. Now, from that, from talking to George Lentz, I was referred to his book, which I have right here, Wisconsin Wrestling Rediscovered 1950 by George Lentz. Cool. I have to take a picture of that, too. Uh, When was this book published? uh, 2019. Oh, wow. So it's very recent. But from this book... Is that him on the cover? No, no. What this book is... Waiting for Kyle to get that picture before I set it down. It's a uh, collection of results from the year 1950 from around around the northern Wisconsin area. Okay. Uh, the most important part, I feel, is a collection of cities and promoters that ran those cities at that time. Neat. Uh, and then we had a question at one point about the history of wrestling in Milwaukee. Yes. At one time, Milwaukee had three different buildings running wrestling, but they came from two different booking offices out of Chicago. Oh, wow. Two, two were from Fred Kohler, who would have run... Like, it would have been his boys under local promoters running the Southside Armory TV show. But I found this very interesting that Carl Pogello also booked out of Chicago. 
Now, the interesting thing about Carl Pagello is he's generally looked at as the mentor of Maurice Tillet, the French angel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which, you've, you know, the guy that Shrek was allegedly based on, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, he's the one that... Uh, this actually occurred very close to where I lived in Chicago, by the way, too. Uh, Pagello had a wrestling gym that Tillet lived at, and then that's where he trained him and booked him out. Now... Maurice Tillet was a star in the 40s. Right. By the 50s, he was working, like, the high school gym in Broadhead, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, you know, wow. it's just kind of like, wow. So that's kind of a bright burn fast. Well, and... yeah, but he had the acromegaly, so he wasn't going to last. Sure. Anyway. And then Carl Pagello and Maurice Tillet are both buried in the Lithuanian Cemetery in Chicago. Oh, I didn't so know that. I've seen a picture of their tombstones. I haven't been there, but I've seen that. So they're buried very close together. But this is very interesting because it paints... Oh, I'm sorry. And then the last half of the book appears to be another book, which is the record of Gypsy Joe Dorsetti, who was a wrestler that they wrote a book on and all of his results. But he included it as, here's an example of what this this guy's schedule was like. And was there any reason why that specific guy was written about uh there was a lot of wisconsin dates but okay. he also spends time in texas and stuff like that i'm okay. sure george will be able to come on and correct me about all of this where does this george lentz live oh he's he's local gotcha he's actually the cousin of uh teenage heartthrob scott demark oh fun yeah okay so that's very interesting but that goes into the history of you know wrestling in the milwaukee area and from what i can tell between this and the other history books it's like there have always been wrestling promoters, but it seems a good percentage of them were workers at one time. And okay. then that's how they got into, you know, crossing over. You know, they learned the business, but they still, you know, sure. kind of controlled the boys that way. I, oh, I was going to say, um, so something like all of this gear, what would you think it would? I mean, is it just like if there's no price for anything? I mean, it's clearly no one's going to be like, oh, that we've got the Jim King right bag but the fact that like there's got to be somewhere somebody that would be interested in this uh museum or the Uh, wwe uh, hall of fame i don't know that's what i tried to tell this person like i i can't give you what it's worth but like i can tell you that it would be worth more as a lot like here's a section of wrestling stuff from the 50s Rather than here's some wrestler you never heard of and right. here's his gear. Yes, right. And uh, that towel though to me right. is priceless. If that's something you can, if someone can even pinpoint where it was from or, or where sure they've had, that would be something that needs to stay. In my opinion, would stay in your collection unless. Oh yeah, like, I'd, I'd like to get that mounted. There's a I lot of stuff great. I'd like to get. I'd like to get this mounted, and I'd like to get those red, white, and blue tights and trunks from Tom Stone mounted. Fun. Oh, dip yeah. that jock strap in like gold, like they do with the roses, and just have that in your bedroom. No, no, I thought that would be kind gym of fun. shorts would be nice though. I yeah, I, no, I think it's uh, uh, it's an amazing collection. Of and stuff. then also in the bag were also some grease pencils, which I assume were used with the mask to sure. black out your eyes, and a small tin of anison aspirin. Were there still aspirin in there? Yes. Wow, that's they, amazing. They didn't do anything. Did you try it? No. Oh, that's good. Awesome. They, um, that's pretty fantastic though to think so, that this has been around for over fifty years and sitting somewhere and in relatively good shape. Yeah, for what it's yeah. what it is. Oh, the guy had an antique shop and it was very interesting because this was like the wrestling side, 
there was a huge collection of circus merchandise. Oh wow! Uh, memorabilia. And where is this place? It, it was in Green Bay. It was, and now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is uh, without giving up too much. Like they were selling all the stuff off, and then selling the building. It was like the estate sale. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I wish I would have known. That would have been fun to go to. Oh yeah, because there was a huge pile of uh, Christmas, or, sorry, circus memorabilia. Yes. Like uh, there was one big, uh, like a long picture of the uh, Carney Freak shows that I would have loved to have taken because I have another one mounted in in our house. Oh, that's frame. cool. So that would have been nice. There was a closet full of ventriloquist dummies. Okay, that's which creepy, was but cool. very creepy. Um, a large collection of like Western mem- memorabilia, including a carousel horse. Oh wow! Um, then there was a, you know. World War Two memorabilia sure. area, but yeah, a lot of that stuff you wouldn't really want to put up for sale. With and your, can't technically with your name sell on it. Yeah. Right, technically can't sell it. Um, that I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story buried. about that off the air. Mm. I didn't have any, by the way, if anyone's. But uh, Kyle's got a good story. But we've all got stories about that. I remember one time in high school, like going to a girl's house and. Seeing like a you know collection of this stuff, yeah. Like, oh, what's this? Oh, that's my grandpa's. Like, oh, okay. I never went back to that house. Yeah. Sometimes I think that people who have too much money to spend uh, don't know what to spend money on, and so they just that, find that's not it. They find well in my <laughs> in the case of the person I know that is uh, yeah. uh, that they just couldn't think of anything that they thought, and they liked they liked World War Two for all the right reasons, but then started collecting these things, and then I'm like. But these aren't things you should have. And then, yeah. And then Uh, Don Fargo. Don Fargo, the wrestler, had a huge collection. Yeah, Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, he he belonged to a few fringe groups. Yes. Well, I'm not touching that one. Hey. um, He would. He'd pound a nail through it because he had it pierced. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, speaking of fun things. In his book, he talks about a nail that had a real big head on it, and there was a big problem there. Because it couldn't slide up over the top. Uh, I just crawled up inside myself a little bit. Yeah, he couldn't because the nail was stuck, stuck in the through it. table. Yeah. Craziness. Uh, we had, before we went on hiatus, we asked the public for some questions. Yes, one of which was about the history of wrestling in Milwaukee. Yes, and let me, let's, that's, and let's start a little bit with that too. That I'm curious about the rest. No, not, don't start reading the book. Uh, no, I'm going to get to the He page just opened the book. I thought he was going to page one and just going to it. Um, he's like chapter this is one. Take page a while. One. Here we go. It was the best of times. It Saturday, was October twenty eighth. What date? Nineteen fifty. Oh yeah, that's right. We're seen at the Eagles Club. George Drake and Art Bull won two out of three falls from Gypsy Joe and Tony Olivas. Okay, just pulling that one out of our ass. Okay. Yes. George Drake later went on to become, uh, I believe, a representative in Alabama. Okay. Um, might be still alive. Uh, don't know who Art Bull is. Gypsy Joe is not the Gypsy Joe everyone is thinking of, right. but might be this Gypsy Joe Dorsetti. There were several. But Tony Olivas later went on to become the Elephant Boy, which was the first charge for uh, the Fabulous Moolah. Oh, really? Yes. Pretty good. And then later and went on to get sued by the Crockets for trying to promote. Wasn't Mickey Dolan's Elephant Boy? Or what was he on his TV show, Circus Boy? Was Circus that, Boy. He was yes. Circus Boy. Yes. Um, okay, well, so this is all fine and dandy, 1950s. Yeah, I'm sorry. But and I'm... it's great, and the book looks pretty amazing. But here's my question to you. Yes. Because I was thinking about going, yeah, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about going back through Milwaukee wrestling 
And I go back to Mid American in the yes. uh, 90s. Yes. Before Mid American, what was there locally? Do you know, like in the early '90s to like late '80s, was there anything specific? Uh, yeah, those would have been Stones groups, like or, or Adonis's group, like IAW, and they had like public access at one point. I thought yes, and that was that out of New Berlin, Wisconsin, like that possibly. Like it was like Western suburbs that yes, they were filming I, I, it out maybe of. Sussex. Okay, yeah, so somewhere there, uh, so that was public access, but that would have been. Like 80s. Prior to that, you would have gotten into Stones Group, which okay. I think was called Midwest Championship Wrestling. And that's where the theory sheets would have come Coming from. Coming in that we all got. Yes. Gotcha. And then you also had Al Patterson running his thing in the early 80s. Yep. So he could get the deal from uh, Vince. Right. I forgot his name there. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, so you always had these groups, and I'm just guessing by the way wrestling is now. You always had, uh, you know, like people trying to get their you know, spoon in the kettle, or right, whatever. right. Uh, so, but there were also like guys coming up from Chicago. I know uh, Chicago Championship Wrestling ran in Monroe, Wisconsin. You know, so that wasn't here, right? Uh, but going back to even prior to what we talked about was wrestling at Fed Hall, right, right? Which that's where Stone got into it. So that like happened back in the fifties and sixties, right? So that it, you know it was always here, right? And so like Trevor Adonis when he was running his, was it did that coincide with him uh, working with WWF at that point? Oh sure. So that was and I what I mean what came first you know uh, chicken or the egg with this was he. Uh, was he nationally, was there that national exposure that he was getting or was he just, was he a local guy running his local fed and through that was able to get his foot in the door to do stuff for WWF or like kind of which came first? Well, he, as a young kid, it was when he started doing jobs Yeah, and then later ran his own stuff. Gotcha. But he got his foot in the door through Stone. Right. Okay. And then, gotcha. That's right. And then Stone broke his brother's collarbone or whatever yes and uh did we cover trevor's funeral on the show no in fact i was going to ask you about okay that. uh just and, re- yeah was a recap for people who don't know yeah, i'm sorry it's been a very busy year right so uh for those that don't know uh local local wrestler trevor adonis passed away and uh passed away in florida but his family had a service for him up here in the milwaukee area a very very well done. Very professionally done. Um, they had several... Kyle, can you do something about that? The neighbors are coming home and possibly some of the kids from my school. So I'm yes. just keeping, keeping He's in low. here. He's in here. He's here. Get him. He's drunk. Anyway. Uh, so there were... We went out to the grounds. It was at his brother's place who had access to a large outbuilding and such like that. So on the outside, there was a tent set up with you know free food, free drink several different displays around the grounds of like oh here's a pedestal of Trevor's belt on sand that came from clear water you know a lot That's of very cool. things but then you he went in the Scientologist was he No he wasn't and I asked him about it one time okay. and he's like no no they just stick around downtown Okay gotcha Yes I, I I always ask people that too Um and generally they all say no they just kind of stick to downtown and you just don't go there Right you know, on fair enough Anyway uh, inside the garage, though, there were several displays of, well, several different collections of Trevor's. One, I didn't know he was a big Batman guy. Oh, really? So there was a few. I liked there was a, 
like a small like Dell paperback that was dated '65 of like you know collected Batman strips or whatever. That's cool. So yeah, I thought that was cool. I knew you'd like that. Most interesting were the uh, wrestling posters, and I think I posted somebody posted yeah, a picture yeah. of that. Uh, a lot of the wrestling posters that were for different shows. Uh, that either predated my career or shows that I recall hearing about for stuff that happened at them. Did you have any examples, or is that uh, uh, too inside? Uh, no, just like oh, I remember hearing about that. Like I remember when this show happened, and I was like pining to get on it, but I didn't know anybody. Oh sure, oh that that you way. know I couldn't. You know, gotcha. I, Armani didn't want to talk about it or whatever back when he was Blatnik and such. Sure, right, you know, right. You know how you learn to surf the right. Uh, most exciting though was a catch line on the bottom of one poster that I attributed to Carmine, but then Carmine no came back and said it was an area comedian that came up with it that just said, screw your wig on tight, granny. This is it. That's pretty great. That's incredible. There's, you know, I think that's one of the lost arts of just comedy or just getting a point across in any kind of, um, kind of form of media or like entertainment in the sense that and let me just say like so many people try to be so deep or ironic or that nowadays where it just almost becomes too deep and i'll give you a a great example of this from this last week and i was just like just Hmm. play it easy okay so our good anything our good friend dysfunction (laughs) i know uh sends me a text and says hey yo i got this idea for a shirt do you mind if i have a shirt printed up that says Mondo Lucha is pussy. Uh, he asked me about this, and I told him he should probably clear it with the office yeah. first. So I said, how about Mondo Lucha are jerks? Or say, like, I said, you can be a bad guy, and it almost does more damage if you say something like, just be like, you're a jerk. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like, or you stink. Like, to me, stink is funnier than suck. Yes. You know, and just like kind of because it's almost so juvenile. It's so like our gang. Yes. But it's funny because, you know, like you're a fink, like that kind of stuff. So he's like, okay. He's like, okay, brother, I just wanted to run that past you. And then I said, but I'll tell you what, if we want to meet in the middle, you could do a shirt that says on the back. You can say Mondo Lucha is trash. And he's like, love it. And then that's exactly what he did. And I had numerous people come up to me and be like, that was super awesome that he had that on his shirt. So much so that I actually want him to make me a shirt. Yes. That says that. Yeah, he could sell. Ooh. Right. I'll save that for off the air because that'll make money. But I'm saying, but I thought that was really cool. I told him, I'm like, I would wear this shirt. Uh, I think it's amazing. And and it made me laugh. It made me chuckle when I saw it. I'm like, that's great. So, but it's just something that simple. It doesn't have to be offensive or it doesn't have to be edgy. It can be something as easy as... Dusty sucks eggs. Eggs. Dusty sucks eggs. There right. you go. Damn, I am good. Yes. Like that kind Which, of. Oh, I was so mad. Like days before the internet, I had that shirt made, but I misremembered it. So it was just, damn, I'm good. And then I saw Oli's like, ah. Yeah. Well, that's like I have out. the, I broke Wahoo's leg. Yes. I wear that shirt to school every year on like Read Across America week when it's like, wear it, wear it, like a read my t-shirt day. And I always wear that shirt to school and everyone goes, what? And I'm like, trust me. Like, I know what it means, and I'm happy about yes. it. So, but I thought that was funny. But that kind of goes to what you were saying. I have one that says, I broke Strongbow's leg. Do you really? No. Okay. Oh, I just made that up. Oh. Uh, related to a comment you made earlier, without context, I wonder what's going to happen to the ownership of those episodes now. Yeah. The end. 
Great point. Yes. Um, so anyhow, so yeah, sorry, we were talking uh, about uh, um, the show for Trevor and yes. all of the, yes. the flyers and the posters. Yeah, so all the flyers and the posters, but then also uh, like some of his high school stuff, a lot of stuff from his gym, which is very interesting. I myself wore, I have an old uh, International Association of Wrestling shirt, and I wore that there, and that got the nice pop. Uh, IAW, it's a work. I love how he... Uh, Goes to a like a celebration of a guy, and he's excited that he gets the pop. Well, it was very nice. They that's pre- like going to a funeral and being like people were really commenting on how nice my suit is. They presented each of us with a little, um, like a, a souvenir bag, like because like they had koozies printed sure. up and like his funeral card in it. And it was very nice, very good. Uh, so then we had the show, uh, which nobody paid attention to, but that's fine. Because it was for Trevor, so we had a good time with it. Was it a lot of guys, and I mean this not in a mocking way, was it a lot of guys pounding on the heart or like pointing to the heaven? There was one bit that I felt was booked very interesting in that it was all a student's match of students from the BCW school framed under uh, Trevor giving the business to Matt and then Matt giving the business to his students. Can these students handle the business? Actually, there's a very good group right now. I mean, and you know one of the performers at your show was yeah, from that great. group. And it was uh, he was the MVP. So, yes, there's a very solid group. Excellent. Uh, and love... that's all training through Matt Winchester? Yes. That's cool. Yes. Bruce City Wrestling School. Or it's got a longer name, but we'll just call it the Bruce City School. Sure. Uh, so that was, that was all very interesting. The biggest, coolest story of the day was it was very hot this summer. Yes. It was very, very hot. So we had access to an air-conditioned area, but just cutting to the chase, Matt vomited no less than four times before our match. We went through, did our match. He sticks his head underneath the ring, vomits again, and then finally they take him inside for water and the, yeah. just to cool down and everything, just severe dehydration. Wound up sure. going to the emergency room and just got a few bags of fluid. Okay, everything. good. So he wasn't yeah, hurt yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I was worried because he had had some of the pork sandwiches, so I'm wondering if those are bad. So I just <laughs> stuck with Christ. the broth. Hey, come on. I mean, what am I going to do to help him? I'm just like, I love this thinking. That's awesome. Sorry, but it's just like, what did he eat? Okay. Matt's know. throwing up in a garbage can. You're like, did he have the pork? Pork? Okay. Was this the pork? I'm going to stick with the broth. What about the coleslaw? I'm good. The potato salad's I'm good. I'm sorry. Once you make sure somebody's okay, I mean, you, there's... You can kind of do what you want, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I think it's fantastic. So it was very nice. I think but they did a was, lot of nice stuff It was stuff very for you nice, guys. but everything was presented in such a way that it made me consider how, like, my heirs would, like, present my material. Because I've been to a few wrestling funerals now, like Ed Schumann. Yeah, right. This one, and just to see how things are laid out and, and such like that. I would. Uh, like, I'd like to write some stuff into my will. Like, more importantly, if you're gonna sell this, sell this as a lot because you'll get a lot more money for it than you will selling it piece by piece. So right. Just right. My whole make thing, them take the shit too. <laughs> like, right, lead right. with the good stuff, but make them take the shit. I've always said that I just want everybody walking out of my funeral while the song "Purple Rain" plays. Stop it. Serious. Never meant to cause you any trouble. Yeah, I'm familiar with the song. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was much better when Dusty came to the ring for it. Yeah, but I'm saying, but like, could you imagine people just leaving? Even though, yeah, so I can I'm, imagine people yes, leaving, leaving a lot right of now. things you're involved oh, with. Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Hey, um, 
uh, what am I, about 10 years younger than you? I think so, yeah. Something like that. I would gladly take up your estate and do you a proud. Sure. Yeah, there's a few people in line, pal. Well, I mean... <laughs> okay. But I, f- I feel like I would be able to do a proper presentation for you. Sure. I... I'll make sure you're listed under production. Yeah, if I could do okay, like even yeah. I could uh, I could help book or do something. The boys not like might, might not like that, Jay. Well, uh, one one we're not having <laughs> Yeah, one we're not having a wrestling show. No, of course not. Two, I want to encourage everybody to well, I guess it'll all be legal at that point, but please go outside and mess around at my funeral. Like sex? No. Oh. Like, get hot. I'm sorry. Don't make me say it out loud. I come from a generation you don't do that. Yeah, sure. okay. I, didn't I want, know. You said I want mess everybody around. to get tall. I just thought when it was, uh, you say mess around to me, that just sounds like everybody goes outside and give each other hand jobs or something. Hey, yeah. Going right. in Rome. Yeah. You go for it. No, that's awesome. Uh, most kick-ass funeral ever. <laughs> if you say, I will not uh, give hand jobs, but I will also not smoke a cigar, if that's okay. Pussy. Could I get like a uh, um, like a fake one, like one of those giant ones they used to give out, the plastic ones, like when you would pretend you were like a hobo clown for Halloween? Yes. And I could have that. Yes. I think that'd be pretty great. Sure. Very nice. Hey, all right, let's jump into yeah, let's another question. Questions. Sorry, that was Sorry, great. Everybody. That that was uh, uh, incidentally that was, Milwaukee venue, Milwaukee Arena, capacity twelve thousand eight hundred. Promoter Jack Dempsey, Henry Toll, and Johnny Heim. Booking office Fred Kohler. Okay. Paris Ballroom. Booking office, Carl Pagello. Rendezvous ballroom. Booking office, Fred Kohler, Southside Armory, Henry Tolley, and Fred Kohler. So the first question here I was going to read to you uh, was what promoter has the best payouts? And that's a simple that's a simple answer, isn't it? Yes. All the ones I work for. Me. Um, yes, you, but you also run the bigger shows. Well, but thank you for acknowledging yes, that. Yes, yes. Here now, one thing I've never learned how to do in wrestling is make money. Is it's like really get paid. So I know I don't get paid what I'm worth. But when I look at the shows, like when I look at the attendance of the shows I go to, I know there's not a lot of money in that house. Sure. So like, can I, I discuss I a situation that. not with you with something else I heard and I was just like, this is crazy. Oh boy. There was a show this last weekend that happened. Okay. That I noticed there were 36 guys booked on the show. Surprisingly, not our show. Ah, yes. Um, and then I had a... <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, not our show. Um, the show had 36 guys booked on it. Yes. And when I was discussing with one of the wrestlers that was on the show, said wrestler said to me, um, he gave me a lot of money, but I gave some back. And I thought to myself, don't tell a promoter that. Yes. Don't tell. Uh, that fa- that falls under what the hell kind of worker are you? Boy? Like what? Like don't <laughs> don't tell me that because not like so because then here's my thought on that. So you gave money back to a guy that shouldn't have been running a show in the first place. You should have taken all that money, taught the guy a lesson. But instead, you get soft on the guy and you're like, I'm gonna give a little bit of this back because I feel bad for the guy. It's his own fault. Yes. So now I don't feel so bad when I'm going to trim the, the paydays a little bit, tighten those purse strings, especially on people that tell me that they give money back. If you're giving money back to a shitty promoter, don't expect me to pay you a full lump sum. I cashed mine the next day. Too. I'm sure you did. I hope you did. I, 
Was he running a battle royal? <laughs> Kyle was, was he running a battle royal? Was he running the biggest battle royal? Um, no. There was, I think there was like 12 matches listed. Which I guess then explains 36 guys. But I saw pictures from the show, and there might have been 20 people that looked like in the crowd. So, but I don't know. I thought that was crazy. Anyhow, whatever. Uh, Derek, yes. somebody wants to know what uh, is your favorite match that you've ever been involved in? Or is there one that sticks out in your head? Uh, there's a few, but it's hard to really. It's hard for me to really enjoy matches I've had because I'm always concerned about the next one. The next match or the match after yours? Haha, <laughs> the, ne- the next match I'm having. What's going on in the next match? Yes, what's going on? <laughs> Guys, oh. I'm sorry I couldn't concentrate on our match. I was so worried about this tag team match happening after us. Uh, no, I've had, uh, I've had some moments. I really like my time in the ring with Greg Gagne, working that angle for Frank. Sure. Uh, well, one, I enjoyed it in the ring, but two, I enjoyed the feedback and back. Uh, match with Greg Valentine was very good. Some local guys, I always like working ace, but yeah, I just I just like hanging out, brother. Yeah, no, I know it's a lot of great memories on a lot of different stuff, which is fantastic. Yes. Um. So, the this uh f- this super fan also mentioned wanted to know if there's any matches that you have like any favorite matches like I and we always talk like Tully and uh, yeah t- Magnum yeah, Magnum we, we, drink Magnum T somebody drink yes uh, sorry. Uh, recently had to watch a lot of Magnum TA because I was, uh, watching a lot of Nikita Koloff. Gotcha. And it's funny watching those matches, knowing how little time he has in the business at that time. Yes. Every lockup with Nikita Koloff was the Superman hand. And I hate that. Oh, I believe it. Uh. Yeah. Um, is there any match that you, that stands out to you or any couple matches that you would say like, these are my all-time favorite something that's enjoyable well no because i go in hills and valleys yeah you know and just recently i've been looking on youtube trying to find something else but yeah you know and uh, i I'll, he... I'll stumble across something lately it was the southeast i do like the troy t tyler from southeast sure right i, I think mean, uh i said think i think there's a lot better questions in that thread though by no the way. i know we're gonna get there okay we don't just give it up see this is your rush in the finish oh, okay this guy's rushing here uh well, hey, anyhow, uh, so ee, it's a little hot in here. Um, so they also asked me that question, but this is what I'm going to say, and it's kind of along your lines. I don't necessarily associate uh, matches that I really like. I There's, a, there's a, a feeling or a vibe, yes. something that I grab onto. Now, this is going to sound really crazy, but two matches that always stand out in my head in my life that I'm always like, maybe I've remember, remember them bigger than what they are. Uh, but I still think they're really good matches. One is the Patterson Slaughter, oh, um, sure. the back alley yes. fight. Uh, I, I remember Which that. Which is not a boot camp match. Right. But that's what I'm going to get to. Yes. So I melded two matches together. Mm-hmm. I melded together the Sheik Slaughter boot camp match, which the Sheik bleeds quite a bit in yes. that one. And I blended the and that with the back <laughs> alley match with Patterson. Now, the reason why those stand out to me is of course one because I blended them, but because there was a point when I was watching wrestling, uh, and they were showing the boot camp match on uh, TNT or whatever Monday night, whatever yes. whatever it was, and my friend wanted me to sleep over at his house, but I came home to get my 
I was totally like, I'm going to go home and get my clothes and I'll come back. But I knew wrestling was on. So I knew I had like the hour I wanted to watch the re- the wrestling show. Yes. And that match was going on. And I didn't want him to see I was watching wrestling because he would have been like, oh, stupid shit, whatever. But I was so Fuck into this match. Guys. Right, exactly. He showed up at my door and was knocking and knocking. And I'm just like holding like, oh, I got to just got to see the finish of the match. Got to see the finish of the match. So that has always stood out to me. As like a point in my life where again, and I hate saying I was ashamed of wrestling, no, I, but it was I've like you there. just didn't, I didn't want to deal with people talking to me about bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, fuck you. Like, I just want to watch this. So he's knocking at my door. In my memory, he was knocking at my door for the entire match. And I'm like, just hold on one second. He probably knocked once and it was probably right at the end. Yeah. But that's the memory. And I combined those two matches into one. And I always think about that. Sure. But now I think that there's, and I'm sorry, do you want to say something to jump in there? Yes. Have you ever seen the other uh, Sergeant Slaughter Iron Cheek match that was taped around that time? I'm not where sure. Where he wears the red, white, and blue trunks? I did not see that. Okay, yeah. I think it was like filmed at the Spectrum or filmed at the Meadowlands. I know you, the, the one you're talking about is the one from Madison Square yes, Garden. Yes, yes. Where uh, the Sheik's boot falls out of the ring yes. and somebody has to throw it back Absolutely, in. yes. And which is also referenced in Jerry Butler's book, Raw Talent. Nice. Yes. Uh, recently came across a podcast that had an interview with him in it before oh, fun. his death. So, um, seems like a nice guy. Did <laughs> back porn and back a lot on the edge, porn talk again. Uh, oh, I was. I, it s- was very weird listening to those at work. Yeah, could like, you send me the link to those? Because I would be curious. To oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing too is, and it's a feeling, and we say this, and some of this will kind of delve into like '90s stuff. And I apologize because we don't try to go there, but I think it's seeing things. I've never been a Metallica fan. But I hear Enter Sandman. Yeah. Sandman. Sandman. And I think the Sandman. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like Sandman's coming out. Like just things that we know in life that we reference through wrestling yes. that things kind of jump out. Like the uh, opening chord to Iron Man. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And just remembering the World Warriors storming the ring. Uh, there is a lot of stuff like that that makes me happy. Are there matches that I sit down and like watch and go, yeah, oh, like, I want to see this over and over again? Not at all. Um, yes. Their matches are good. Like everyone, like we'll take Steamboat uh, Savage. Yeah, it was great. But like I don't. Yeah, but it's, it's similar to music in that, you know, you have a favorite song for a while and then you have another favorite song. And then you song. jump to something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's no, there's like no match that I consistently go back to right. for that. And now it becomes funnier though to go back. And if I'm watching the TBS 505 stuff, I'm searching out the oddities of that. Like, yes. I'm like, I want to watch all of Jimmy Valiant's promos. Yes. Or I'm yes. curious to see how they book Jimmy Valiant, be- knowing that like he was like the main event on the B cards and the, like, yes. the side towns, and just kind of seeing how they're like simultaneously running those things. Yes, it's interesting to go back and you know deconstruct for that. Yeah. But as for you know current favorite match, eh, I went down a. Uh, uh, who's the speed merchant? Les Les Thornton. Okay. Went down a Les Thornton rabbit hole recently because he passed away, and that was good stuff. But right. then you're going down there, and oftentimes you go through that, and all of a sudden you break through the formula. Right. And then you start seeing what they do every time. Right. Uh, Billy Robinson is very bad for that. I mean, could could been dead for years, could still kill me in a fight, but like his matches were, he had his four or five spots of doom. Right. Uh, going off on an aside, recently, because it's been a big year, I went to see Iron Maiden with my brother-in-law and a bunch of friends of his. Yes. 
And that was very interesting. Um, you know, very big show, very big production. And Iron Maiden show, I don't know if you're familiar, but has very specific parts. Yes. So, like, they did... I will say this, they got the crowd to pop for a recorded cover of them covering Dr. Doctor from UFO. Yeah. Like, two of their stagehands come out on the stage and stand there. They start playing this entire song. Suddenly, the stagehands take curtains off of a bank of amplifiers, and everybody screams and erupts. And I'm like... These guys just got people to pop for people moving curtains. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it was amazing. But, the, I'm sorry, the point I was getting to, because I do have one, was their, the, it was Legacy of the Beast Tour, so it was like their greatest hits, but they did play some stuff I wasn't familiar with. Yes. Like the Klansman and um, some other, with a C. He was very specific to say, if you're going to post about it, you should use C. But, wow. during the songs I didn't know, I enjoyed that I was able to pick out the parts of that song that made it an Iron Maiden song. Sure. Like, oh, here's the gallop. Right. Here's the solo shred. Yes. Oh, oh this is a slower number, so they're doing the keyboard bit. Now they're going to do the crescendo. Like, you can just tell the parts. Right. And, you know, hats off to them because they're making millions of dollars and they're still on top of it and, like, nobody mailed it in and it was very good. And actually, a few times... There were spots where you either the timing was off or they missed a note. Okay. Which, one, I was like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. But two, that reminded me that, no, these guys are playing live. So, sure. you know, hats off to them. It had everything an Iron Maiden show should have. That's just not really what I'm looking for. Anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. No, and fair enough. Yeah. Uh, coolest thing at the souvenir stand <laughs> was a leather cap and goggles, like the aviator helmet sure. with goggles. Uh, which Bruce wore for the first three numbers because they were all about fighting planes, but that was a hundred dollars. That's expensive. Yes, but shirts were forty-five. Yeah, no, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes, because I recall when shirts were fifteen and sweatshirts were twenty. No, no, that's one hundred percent. I agree. Um, so great. So we'll get back off of Iron Maiden now. Uh, and but it we'll... was just neat. But I, but getting back to if you like follow a wrestler too long, often you can break through their formula. Right. Uh, Bachwinkle never really had a formula that I've seen yet. Okay. Other than being an incredible wrestler. I think if someone were to ask me what's something for like a wrestling fan like Kyle, who is a younger guy that some things he probably good, hasn't good looking seen. Kid. Good looking kid. A lot of potential. I'm standing up at his, they're no, not standing up. I'm his usher at your wedding. Yeah. I'm an usher. Yeah, like I Bruiser was scared him when I said standing up. He's like, shit. Uh, you can do like Bruiser Brody. What did Bruiser Brody do? Hush. Ush, ush, ush. Oh, that's it. I told, I told Kyle that. that a chain? I told Kyle I know that. I can get you one. I'm very good. I told Kyle I'm going to wear sunglasses and uh, a cane, pretend I'm blind, and I'm just going to be handing people and then pretending I don't know where the aisle, like where their seats are and just like taking them out the oh, front like door. taking them into random corners. Right, exactly. Yes. Just like me walking into something and then not moving and not moving and just kind of like doing that. Like a video that. game? Yeah, so I thought that that would be. <laughs> I'm a sim. Uh, that would be pretty fun. Uh, to do, but anyhow, but if Kyle were to say to me, uh, Jake, tell me something to watch right now on YouTube that you could find. One thing I would say, live would, PD. Uh, yes, I would say watch Tommy Rich, Eddie Gilbert. Um, when Eddie, 
uh, was it Eddie turns heel on uh, Tommy and yes. like, oh, I'm so sorry, and your and then he turns on him like that's fascinating yes. and it's fantastic to watch and very bloody and very bloody, but it, that's a great one. Like, but that's an angle, not a man. One, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the angle of that is really, really uh-huh. fantastic. Um, that's one that always kind of jumps out at me as far as like I really think <laughs> that uh, I re- that's something I just really, really appreciate. Um, a lot of the Eddie Gilbert stuff yeah, does well, for that Eddie, matter. Eddie was good. But again, too, then you start to see in the formula. Yes. And then you just know and you just kind of go from there. Uh, another question for you, Derek. Uh, someone asked, uh, what piece of local, as in Milwaukee or Chicago or Midwest, we'll open it up to, if there's any kind of wrestling footage would you most like to see besides your own matches? Is there anything that like you witnessed to or stories you heard of like a show or something happening or like some kind of a match that happened that people have barn burned or talked about? Is there no. anything? Not really. Not on a local level, no. Not on a local level. Okay. No, that's... No, sorry. That's fair. Uh, I mean, but like get me, get me a year's worth of Fed Hall shows from 75. Sure. I'd love to see that. But, right. You know. Um, what about any of the uh, Southside Armory uh, shows or the program that was on TV at that? Uh, do you know yeah, we covered that in the That's, book a little uh, bit more. Fred Kohler's group. Okay, uh, here's a great question for you. In 2004, you were handpicked by Ace Steel to wrestle a match in Willowbrook, Illinois, at the I8 Tournament of Champions. So, where do you rank Ace Steel as an independent wrestler? Uh, I saw this question, and that's kind of a a weird question because you can't say like he's here or whatever. Conversely, from a steel. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just kidding. It's not from a steel. I believe it was from the promoter. It's from Steel Ace. <laughs> so I don't know if that's yes. similar. No, Ace is. You know, Ace is very good. Of course. Sure. Um, spent time in Japan. Spent a lot of time around Harley and everything. So very, very good there. I understand now he stepped back from having matches and has actually spent some time. As a coach down at uh, Developmental. So oh, really? He's he's doing very well for himself in the wrestling. Were Recently you the last match engaged, that he yeah. had? Uh, no. Remember that doozy? Yeah, yeah. I think there was stuff advertised. Um, that match never had a finish, by the way. True. Uh, I think he's done stuff around where he lives in Missouri. But I don't. But that's, that's his it. last match in the Milwaukee okay, area. Was the one yeah, with you so where there was no finish. Don't come back, pal. Exactly. Yeah. Eh, there's no angle. There's nothing to talk about, right? Right. Fantastic. Uh, uh, what about? Uh, can you tell a story of how wrestlers would be paid for their mileage back in the day? Yeah, it would be so much per mile, where it'd be either two cents or five cents, or depending on whatever. Hold on, I'm writing down notes. Stop it. I thought we've covered this. Um, no, that's how it would add up. You'd have the the mileage for each round trip and then you'd have it all added up and you'd give your promotion your money at the end but usually it was anywhere from two cents to a nickel a mile gotcha so a lot of guys like um spaceman frank hickey would have a van and then to be like well you're only working the opening match not making any money no i'm taking all of these guys and he's living off the trans gotcha so um wrestlefest 88 don't know anything about it. Me neither. No, I can't remember. Other than it. that, was still Dennis Hilgard as the promoter. Is that what it was? That's the yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Then I do know of it. I just don't know. Yeah, it was released on video and everything, but it was just a big event when they were doing local shows. As to why Milwaukee was chosen, uh, Hilgard always wanted to run County Stadium, but he wanted to run Crusher versus Vern, but he wanted Crusher to go over to save the town. Right. And Vern wouldn't do it. Gotcha. So, and I don't know if that was, 
you know, professional, like I don't want to get beat or you put the show together, it's really my talent or whatever. Right, but right. Vern never did it. So oh, okay. I think Hilgart just wanted to run County Stadium. Um do you still have your trunks that say promises, promises? No, I do not. Why not? Okay. So this is back when I ordered stuff from K and H. Yes. And again, that's changed hands a few times and the product that I got, the lettering was so poor that I had to have it redone. So I found a local seamstress friend of mine and gave her the old trunks, like the the ones with the really bad lettering, but then I gave her the Promises Promises trunks as an example saying, look, like these are like they were made in a factory. Sure, like, yeah. This is what I want. So some wires got crossed, and I was uh, messaging with this person. They said, oh, getting those letters off was a chore. It took me forever to get the Promises Promises off. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. Ugh. So uh, since then, like I, I made peace with it. Because there was another bit about the Promises, Promises trunks that I did not like. Were you like a big Naked Eyes fan? No. No, you that was gave from... me Promises, yes, Promises. I know. No, that was uh, Ernie Ladd had it on the back of his jacket. Fair and enough. I just had a bug up my ass and wanted to get Promises, Promises done. But the problem was, um, when I had described them to the K&H lady, I, was, I wanted the, like... The V kind of shape in the front and the back that you see on some of the old uh, Memphis trunks. Sure, yeah. And for whatever reason, she took that to mean stripes on the side, but they weren't straight stripes. They were like three inches at the top and one inch at the bottom. So even if you were trying to get a sunset, it was just... So there was... I wasn't really happy with those to start with. Speaking of tights and uh, making gear... Uh, Exotic Adrian Street is now one of the has been one of the coaches for uh, the NXT in England. Yes, and there was just a documentary about him. Well, done. yes, I and it was okay. Yet, but the problem is, if you watch it, uh, dude didn't trim his nose hairs. Uh huh. So shit is long. Like it's distractingly long. The hairs coming out of his nose. Like during... currently. Yes. Oh, okay. He's bald on top. Yes. But his nose hairs are sticking out. Well, he had the cancer. But does that make your nose hair grow longer? No, that that's I don't just know. being old. But, I'm just saying. Okay, okay. But like they're filming him, the camera's filming up at him. Of course it is. And well, it that's is hard like he's short. Yeah, but like because he's clearly sitting down or whatever. And besides his furniture in his mouth, if you know what I mean, his teeth are a little jacked. Oh, okay. That's British. What are you gonna do? He's Welsh. But yeah, same thing. But anyhow, all his no, furniture in his not. mouth is all. Listen, I'm not there. I'm here right now. I'm living life. Uh. But you looked you, – the, the whole show, you're watching it, and he's got, like, octopus tentacles of hair coming out of his nostrils. It's really fucking distracting. Okay. Hey, next question. Yeah. Um, have you ever used the N-word in private conversations? No. Okay. Uh, no, unless it's a direct quote, but I still don't – But you still wouldn't use it. No. We've had lots of conversations, and I can tell you that you've never said anything even remotely close to racist. No, no. There's enough reason to dislike people on an individual basis. Agreed. 100%. Um, uh, Looking for any other questions that weren't stupid. Uh, Seriously, one dude put a bunch of just dumb questions. Uh, That was Farmer Vic. All right. And I do agree that bad things happen after you hear thunder. Can you explain that? It's Frank's music. Oh, gotcha. 
<laughs> and on that note, uh, Derek, thank you for answering these questions That's from it? the fans. Yeah, it's been almost over an hour, hasn't it, Kyle? Yes, it's yeah, been over an hour. We did a lot. Yeah, of we did a lot of talking, a lot of preening. We're going to take some picture of the gear. We're going to get these things up online. Good to be back, season four. Yes. Uh, we have some great ideas for episodes up ahead. If anybody else has any ideas for episodes, by all means, please leave them on our wall. Tom Stone, Volume 2. Uh, yes, I'm interested in this. What's his name? Uh, Steve Lentz? George Lentz. George Lentz. I'm interested. Maybe we sit down and talk to him. Yes. That would be fantastic. Uh, anybody has anyone they'd like us... And don't say, oh, talk to Sting or some bullshit. No, we're talking about if there's anybody in the do Midwest we can get to. to. I do not have a line to Sting. So, but if there's anybody that we know of in the Midwest that'd be interesting for a conversation, we see if you can uh, hook us up with Steve Bassman. We can talk to him about incorporating Power Team USA. Oh, I like that. Is that the guys that ripped the Bibles in half or the phone books? No, no, that was the team that uh, Sting and yeah, I know. I'm joking. There was four of them. Yes, I'm joking. But they do call it Power Team USA, the guys that ripped the phone yes, books I'm up for them. Yes, I'm familiar with Do they Jesus. still tour, though? Uh, no, there's a documentary about those guys. I think they went broke. Oh, yes. Like, that shit that went link. broke. I will get that for you. Yes. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Again, we're back. Season 4 is in the house. Did that sound cool and current? Yes. It also reminded me of when uh, Teddy Long tried to say that in front of Gordon Soley one time. It's like, we're in the house. And Gordon Soley's like, yes, we are. And now we're <laughs> And to that point, yes, before we, we go, uh, I'm about to get rid of the network. Bum, bum, bum. I'm getting rid of it. But today there was something called W. I saw like WCW up all night or something like oh, that yeah. that was on. Uh, and like Tony Schiavone's wearing like a full sweatpants suit. Yes. And he's sitting there. Heenan's got on a sweatshirt. Uh, the late Mean Gene Okerlund yeah. is there. Uh, and Gordon Soley's there. Yeah, those were overnight. Yeah, and they were like they were doing the top ten best <coughs> matches from Clash of the Champions. Yes, and number ten was Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat. Is uh, that where Steamboat broke his back? No, uh, it, Steamboat ends up winning the belt, but I missed the rest of the match because I fell asleep. Um, but I'm sure it was a great one. Right, but I think that might have been the match that Steamboat broke his back. It, it was on a Clash of the Champions. Yeah, really. I don't know that. We'll have to that. look this up. All right. Well, stay tuned for the episode where we talk about Ricky Steamboat's broken back for 45 minutes. Well, that's why he had to retire. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in that episode. Don't give away the next episode. Down the chute is Steamboat's back. We're going to discuss all the... Wait, wait, wait. You think after this episode people are going to be listening? He had a stroke. <laughs> he had a stroke? Steamboat did? Steamboat? Yeah. <laughs> did he? After the back, broken back? You can have a stroke he had the broken, broken back. back. He retired. Then he came back and did that little spurt in the WWF. Do you remember? Yes. Like, where he just came in and he was throwing arm drags all over the place? Yes. Around there, he had a stroke or something, and that's why he couldn't do anything else with... Jericho? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I Check your facts, but I believe that's what happened. I like how you told me it and then told me to check my facts. Well, that's the story I believe. Billy Squire, big hit with Stroke Me, ends up putting out that terrible video of him dancing, yeah, and uh, it kills his career. Was it Rock Me Tonight? Rock Me Tonight. Um. Okay, no, no, uh... We were just camping, because did a lot of camping over the summer. Radio station up north plays the uh, All Night Long from yes. Billy Squire. Speaking of WCW All Night Long. I'm just trying to tie shit together here, because we're just... Yeah, but I was very was very happy, because it was a non-top 40 song from Billy Squire being played on the radio. And on that note, you've been listening to Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire, heard exclusively on all your podcast sources. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, rate, review the show... 
I don't know what that does, but people always say it at the end of other podcasts, so let's do it. Thank you, Kyle. We appreciate your help. Derek, good to see you. We'll see you for a new, another episode soon. Sure. All right, champ. See you later.